Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. And we're live. I'm so excited about the conversation that we are going to have. So we are now, we have entered into the new, you know, the new technology. And instead of just doing a podcast, we are going live in the Facebook group so people can hear my friend Mika firsthand because I'm very excited. I don't even know what's going to happen here, but I'm very excited to introduce you to Spider Mika. If you like the images you see on my website, this is the woman you have to thank. If you like the pictures, the cool pictures, not the selfies, that you see in my social media, then this is the woman we have to thank. So I'm very excited that Mika is here with me today because wait until you hear her background and all the cool things that she's done and all the cool things that she knows how to do and how she took that, kind of integrated it with who she actually wanted to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And turned it into Spider Mika. So before we get into the details, why don't you tell everybody a little more officially who you are and what you do when I'm not like gushing about you? <laughs> well, I like the gush. So by all means, do it anytime, yeah. all day. <laughs> what I am officially is a portrait photographer. And I think it's important to say that as a precursor, as a niche, because, you know, some people think, oh, she's got a camera. That means she does everything. Weddings and babies and dogs and I don't know, frat parties. And I do none of that. I have no desire to do any of that. I like to say that I make you the event instead of actually doing events because, yeah, there's uh, I, I know you got tons of questions for me. So. I'll get into the why I became what I am right now, but that is that is official. I am a portrait photographer. Portrait photographer. Mm-hmm. And I love I do love the idea that you've created your niche in a way that just makes you better and better and better at it. Like right. an expertise, right? Exactly. Because well, I was gonna say photo- you know, photographing babies and pets is different, but it really isn't. Because as one of your subjects, I know wrangling me in is not really necessarily any easier and maybe a little harder, right? <laughs> Getting Regardless of what you think about, <laughs> oh my, you're so funny. Regardless of what you think about yourself, my dear Erin, it is very different doing each genre. <laughs> I don't think that I would compare you to, you know, photographing a puppy or a in my world that's not a right in my world that's not an insult so it's perfectly fine <laughs> no right, you were so, you were much easier to tame cool awesome good to know let's talk origin story okay tell everybody the cool credential tell everybody i know you don't like to talk about it that way but for, <laughs> for us mere mortals it is really where the journey began and it's it so important to recognize what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, what you took away, blah, 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 blah. So tell everybody the really freaking cool credential. So the really freaking cool credential, as you so eloquently name it, is that once upon a time before I did what I do now, 
I I worked for Miss Oprah Winfrey in her graphic design department. And so all the cool stuff that goes across the screen, the way her set looked, all of the print media and all, all those great things. If it, if it was graphics, if it was design, we had our hands in it and it was an amazing experience. And one of the things that I, again, just kind of niched into, I had been doing it for a decade before I got to her. And so I really quickly became her retoucher while I was there. I love that. Retouching is one of those, it's a not so subtle art for sure. Not everybody enjoys it. Not, you know, and, you know, we all have our gifts, right? You've got your gifts. I, I discovered really early, excuse me, that uh, one of my gifts was just being able to skin retouch. You know, Photoshop came out and I got really excited and it was just something I, I got really good at. And so while I was there, that's one of the things that I did. And well, so and for almost 10 years, that's, that was my job. And I think there's a big difference between what you're talking about and what we see now with just out and out Photoshop lying about what the human body looks like. Oh my gosh. Well, here's the truth. And it, it, you're absolutely right. It, it lends so much to what I do and why I do what I do today is because back then, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, I was hired there in 2007. We're not that old. <laughs> we're not that old. We're old, but we're not no, that old. Yeah, right. We're not going to talk about how the 2000s was 20 years ago. We're not going to do that. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, there were no filters back then. You know, there was no easy button, no TikTok and Snapchat where your cat ears and fuzzy or whatever. But it was it was hand done. And so all the Mac, you know, we didn't have Instagram back then. We had magazines. And so you're flipping through magazines and everybody's got great porcelain skin and, you know, perfect features. And it's like, yeah, right. They're, you know, Asian babies don't even have skin this clear. Come on. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so that's what I that was my job. It was to perfect things for magazine for and it wasn't just Oprah you know she hangs out with you know think of a person that's who Oprah hangs out with it was top A-list celebrities world renowned you know just the best best of the best and so I I had my hands in all of that it was it was a it was a wonderful job I was I was good at it I was excellent I was really fast and I also got severely depressed because you know I think that's just what you do in your late twenties, early thirties. You just get depressed. It's part of our journey, right? Part of the journey. Is this part all? The it's that moment of is this all there is? What am I? Doing? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what it was. And and so as much as I enjoyed the experience, you know, my Harpo family, it was great. Did I really have a love for television? No. Did I really see myself being a fixer of photographs for the rest of my life. Absolutely not. And instead, I I really did start to look inwardly because of the way I was feeling. And I and I had to ask myself, what is what does my future look like? Because this is not it. I was not happy being asked on a day-to-day basis to make people look so far beyond what their natural features were because I saw beauty in everybody, you know, believe it or not, it's, you know, it's another thing that I get to do every day. And so looking at my before and then the after and what I did 
And, you know, for the people that I did it for, it was like, oh, this is great. This is perfect. You know, let's go. And inside I was dying a little bit every day because I'm like, eh, but that's not what you really look like. And, and why do you want the, the, this extreme of an after effect? And it was, it was really prevalent that this culture, this society that we live in was just so poisonous and toxic. And, you know, a lot of people were saying things like, oh, my daughter is, you know, affected. She's got low self-esteem because of the magazine pages. And on my end, I was like, it's not your daughter. It's you. And it's your mother. And it's this generational thing that we do to ourselves and we teach our children to look in the mirror. And because we don't look like the magazine pages or right now the Instagram feed, then that means that there's something wrong with us or we're not living up to an acceptable standard of beauty or enough or perfection and all these words and terms that we use on a day-to-day basis to describe something that we don't think that we are. Well, and, and that so is not I, attainable. And it's not attainable because it's not real. So the definition of frustration, the definition of frustration is the gap between desire and reality. Frustration is the feeling between when when you look at what you have compared to what you want and when you're comparing what you want to something that is unattainable. It's not because if you just work hard enough, you could get it, but it's unattainable because it's not actually real. Yeah, you're never going to solve that problem. Yeah. You're never going to solve that problem. There is I'm I'm a professional. Okay, just going to state that in case anybody out there has doubts. There is no such thing as perfect. Let's just kill that word. And we can talk about this for another hour. Please, please, please stop describing yourself as not photogenic. Mm. And I will tell you that's something that I learned with you because I've never liked photos of myself. I never felt photogenic. I felt all the photos just never made me forget look great like they weren't even things I was comfortable sharing and for the most part I'm still human but for the most part I never was subconscious about not being okay enough looking right I never thought I was ugly I never you know I'm not skinny and blonde but and tall yeah (laughs) not tall but I never (laughs) felt self-conscious about how I looked I didn't wasn't really dysmorphic about how I looked but I never felt photographs even remotely looked like how I felt I looked. Mm-hmm. But working with you, that's, you know, now I'm comfortable putting stuff out there. None of us are photogenic with, you know, green light and shadows, right? I mean, to an extent, you're nailing exactly what I'm talking about. To me, photogenic, that, that, that very word, just means that there is, again, something to aspire to. There's a, a lot of parameters that need to be in place before, oh, I look good in front of a camera, that kind of thing. And when I hear that word, to me, there's front of the camera and there's back of the camera, right? The camera is just a tool. It's an inanimate object, doesn't have any feelings, thoughts, whatever. It's mechanical, but there is raw energy in front of the camera, which is you. And there's raw energy in back of the camera, which hello, it's me. And when someone says, oh, this photo that I took or whatever is not photogenic, 
to me, there's that means that there's something missing either in front of the camera or in back of the camera. And for, unfortunately, a lot of people who work behind the camera don't really pay attention to matching energy and working with energy in front of the camera. And that causes chaos. Yeah. That's where it is. It's, it's really, you know, when people come to me and you can attest to this, Aaron, I'm like, don't, don't even think while you're here, just exist. That's all I need you to do. We can, we spend the day playing and you just happen to be taking pictures <laughs> while I am acting my increasingly lunatic self, especially once I get tired <laughs> and it's all over, right? By the fourth outfit change, I'm getting a little slab happy and it goes down <laughs> from there, right? But, hey, but sometimes those are the best shots. I mean, if you go back to what we did last time and by then I was so exhausted and you're like, here, put on this crazy skirt in your boots. And that's what everybody loves. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Put on a crazy skirt, put on some boots. Let's just have fun. Let's, let's play. You, that's exactly the word I use. We're not going to have a photo session. We're going to play and there are going to be some photos that come out of it. That come out of it. Absolutely. And what I, like the differentiator for me when I think about you is that the way that I always call it is Oprah level skills without LA fake beauty, right? Without Hollywood right? It, because it's true, right? It's the skill set that the A-listers want without the falsehood of trying to create, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thank you for that. That's a beautiful and very accurate way to put yeah. that. Loving what you're learning here and interested in more? Check out our free Facebook group and join us at Conquer Your Business Community to find even more tips and tools designed to help you get out of reaction mode and into conquering your own business. So yeah. let's talk business for a second here. Okay, I'm ready. Because more personal journey. So you're working in Oprah world, right? Mm-hmm. And you go out on your own. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's you jumped off a cliff, right? So, what was that like? <laughs> right? <I> mean, <laughs> so, how did that go for you? But seriously, like those of us who left corporate, and Harpo is corporate, it's effective just because they have a shiny product as opposed to an insurance product, there's still a corporation. <laughs> it was absolutely a corporation. So yes. you left corporate, you just left the shiny version of corporate while the rest <laughs> of us lived in cubicle world, you know, right? So you left bright and shiny corporate to go out on your own. What the heck were you thinking? I was thinking that I could not spend another day in corporate. I know that my story is very, very similar to so many people. Being an entrepreneur, being around other entrepreneurs, our stories are so overlapping and so similar. That whole corporate world, you know, a lot of people attribute it to, oh, you're creative. And, and a lot of times creative and corporate don't work out. That's, I don't even really find that to be true. I think there was a lot of creativity in the, the corporate world in general. And especially with where I was and what I did, 
the the point was i i think that there's just something in all of us especially entrepreneurs there's this voice there's this energy there's this guttural instinct that just gets louder and louder with every experience that you go through until you cannot ignore it anymore. And I was miserable at my job. And I'm not just for the record, I'm not going to say that it was everything about my job that was causing me to feel miserable. I mean, like I said, I was late twenties, early thirties. It was just time for my life to be a wreck. So there were multiple things going on. One of the things you and I have in common we didn't leave our jobs. Like I loved the people I worked with. Mm-hmm. The environment was fantastic and amazing. And I learned so much and I had full support. And there's none of that crap that you hear about that people complain about. That wasn't yeah. why I left. I left because I knew there was something more for me. Mm. Mm period. I love that. I love that. And in line with that, Aaron, I knew that I had so much more inside of myself to give. And that world that I was in, that quote unquote cubicle, as shiny as it was, I was not utilizing everything inside of me that needed to come out and help other people. And so I had never once thought about photography as a career. I knew I was a creative. I knew that design was a love of mine. I wrote, I spoke, I danced, I played, you know, all kinds of things. We all, you know, I, there's this quote, one of my very dear friends uses all the time. She says, we are more than our business cards. And I love that because it's an accurate description of how multi-leveled all of us are. And this much of my skill set was being used inside that space, working for other people. And I worked hard, Erin. And it doesn't mean they were bad. It doesn't mean the job was bad. And I have that same thing. I, I tend to be the problem with folks who leave jobs and go into the entrepreneurial world because of everything everyone else does, the, the mm-hmm. victim version. You bring that with you and now you're the boss. Exactly. You leave your job because you hate your boss. And so you hate all your bosses. (laughs) And now screw them. I'm just going to do my own thing. Guess what? Now you're the boss. Who are you going to? Now you're the boss. Yeah. You cannot run from yourself. You can't run from that. So all of that could be good. The job, the money, the people could be great and still not be right. If it's not fulfilling, if it's not feeding you, there's something missing. We, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're spiritual, energetic, you know, woo woo, any of that. We're humans and innately, it is part of our humanity. We want to feel belonging. We want to feel like we have a purpose. That's what we do on a day to day basis. And I'm incredibly grateful that, you know, it took all of the experiences in my life, including, you know, almost 10 years at Harpo and a very good opportunity. Like Oprah was like, peace, Chicago, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to LA and my next chapter and all that. And, and it was perfect timing for me. You know, it really, any kind of entrepreneurship where you just, you just know you're going to go full steam ahead. This is full time. This is my livelihood. It, it's exactly like you said earlier, it's a jump off. Yeah. It's a, it's a jump off the cliff feeling. I just knew I deserved to try, you know, and, and, and I did. 
and I'm still standing. Where, and where did you get the feeling or confidence that you could do it? Most people, like that's a big block for people. Not that you knew you could do the skills, but figuring out how to earn a living for yourself yeah. is oh, a whole yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I never, <laughs> I never took a business class. <laughs> I had branding background. My branding background is it's on point. It's solid. My advertising background on point, solid. My design background on point, solid. I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about sales and I knew nothing about business. And I was just like, you know what? Let's go. Let's learn. The best way to learn, you e- you either sink or swim. And so I jumped in that ocean and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> As Debbie, our mutual friend, Debbie says, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And you already know there were some definite trip ups along the way. I look back at my first year and my second year and I just. I have to just shake my head and be like, oh, if I had known then what I know now. But you have to go through that, right? It's the same old story. There's, there's how else would I have been able to learn if I didn't go all in and be ready to, to get those hard lessons? So let's shorten somebody's learning curve for them. Just don't do what I did. You'll be light years at, right? Don't do that. Great. Like, so let's shorten somebody's learning curve. What did you do or not do? Like, what's a big failure that you could put out there as a don't do that? Oh, my gosh. Undervaluing undervaluing yourself is definitely number one on the list. Yes. When when I left Harpo, I had zero self-esteem, like negative self-esteem, negative self-worth. I I didn't know what self-value was at all. I thought nothing of myself besides, oh, I got some skills and I'm going to start my own business. But you it's really telling what starts to happen when you go out and you do something and most importantly, you start to involve other people in your process, right? Yeah. I can't be a salesperson unless I involve you. You have to buy my product or my service. Right. And and so little things that are really giant things, you start to learn about yourself. And so I didn't know that my self-esteem was under the negative line. I didn't know that I had zero idea about yeah, like This is just how to feel. This is how people feel, right? This is just- Exactly. And then I would give, you know, everything away for free, plus an arm and a kidney. And I would be like, why am I so poor? Why am I hungry? You know, this is not what business is. And then you just, then you start to learn. Oh, it's because I gave everything away and I didn't charge for anything. Even though people value my things, they wanted to pay me. But I was like, eh, don't worry about it. Well, and one of the things I know about you that's similar to me is I make the biggest changes and leaps forward when I can't handle my own crap anymore, right? Like it's like when I just can't take me anymore. <laughs> then something needs to change. And yeah. Something needs to change, and I would love to tell you, you know, the rainbows and puppies and unicorns version of the story of when everything's going so great and you just keep moving up. No. I leap forward when I can't handle my own crap anymore. One minute longer. <laughs> 
and I finally decide clearly what I'm doing isn't working. Oh my gosh. You know, it, it is that you nailed it again. This isn't working. <laughs> it's time to try something else. No. Right. Maybe I should charge for my product and or service. Is, uh, you know, maybe I should find someone who knows how to grow a business and ask them for help. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't try to be my own designer, marketer, salesperson, uh, everything because it's a gazillion. Oprah taking her own photographs. Maybe I shouldn't be doing my own website. <laughs> you know. It, you know, that's that's a really good point because, you know, I, I, I'm an ex-perfectionist, you know, recovering perfectionist. And there was that there was that point where I had to realize, yeah, I. I do it really good, but I can't keep doing this all by myself. <laughs> Done is better than perfect. Oh, there's a concept here. Here other people. Please take this from me. You did done is better than perfect. Some of the things that I tried, I was so bad at doing that I finally came up with, why am I spending so much time and money to do a bad job at something? <laughs> <laughs> why am I spending all my hours and all my money for a, a end product website, mm -hmm. whatever, that still looks bad? <laughs> You know, what's really interesting about that point exactly is that, you know, I, you know, you just, you have to acknowledge your skill sets in order to move ahead. You really do. And so I acknowledge lots of times, like I'm really good at a lot of things, but to your That's point, <laughs> when you try to do all of it, there are things that suffer and it's not as perfect and great as you think it should be because you're tired. We haven't eaten since last Thursday and your family and friends, they don't know your name anymore because you haven't been around. Like, this is not fun. This is not fulfillment. This isn't life. So let's flip it over. What are you most proud of? <sighs> You're going to make me cry, Erin. I am most proud of proving to myself mm. that I could, that I did it. I'm doing it. Yeah, as as scared and frail and unprepared as I was in the beginning, I'm in my seventh year, and I've met so many financial goals, so many business goals. My studio is awesome looking, even though this isn't my forever home. I I got I had a ten year plan, and even though I still have zero idea how I'm going to reach that ten year goal. Every year, things keep happening that make that 10-year goal even closer. Yeah. It's, it is a proud feeling. You know, you don't always get the support that you, you want when you start off, when, when you do something crazy, when you jump off a cliff. Well, who's going to tell their mother that they're leaving Oprah? Well, I, I got to be clear. She left us. And it was just very, <laughs> it was just very opportune. But the truth is, I, I honestly don't know how much longer I would have been able to stay anyway, but she just, she gave, it was an open door or yeah. rather a closed door. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this thing now. Uh, but on a much deeper level, of course. And, and so there were a handful of people in my life that were like, you can do this. I believe in you. And everybody else was like, hmm. Yeah, 
you're going to be looking for a real job after two years. You're not going to survive. What do you mean you're not going to do weddings? What do you mean you're not going to do babies? That's where the money is, Nika. If you don't do that, you're not going to earn enough money to keep yourself afloat. And none of those people had photography studios. None of those people had any job. They all worked for other people. And then but we end up listening to them. I tell people all the time, when I try to do something big, Mm -hmm. I I put in my safety bubble. I put my little safety bubble around me. I have amazing friends. I have amazing family who all think I'm nuts. They're like, how's your thing going? (laughs) Like my thing that makes like seven times your income, that thing. Like, how's your little thing going? And when I'm doing something that scares me, I will still put my little safety bubble around me. And when they ask me how it's going, it's just a very, oh my God, it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie if it currently sucks. But I'm not going to give details to people who in absolute meaning, well, just have no frame of reference and inadvertently, not even not on purpose, inadvertently say things that will dig into your head and mess you up. It's difficult. You're very smart to create that bubble. It, it is it is a challenge to not let the outside world affect you and that goes on so many levels it's the close friends and family that you have to protect yourself against it's also your peer environment you know because seriously Aaron throw a rock and you're going to hit somebody who's got a camera who's you know who says they're a photographer I am not you know in the world of photography I'm not special there's a zillion photographers I think on my street alone in the studio there are like 800 photographers you know what I mean so it's so you do have to stay true to yourself and find and dig to find that thing that makes you stand out, makes you special. It's the stuff that you always talk about for conquer your business, conquer your marketing. Where the thing that I love most about my job, seriously, is the fact that there have been trillions and billions and gazillions of humans on this planet. And not a single one of us have ever been the same or experienced the same thing. It is incredible that that happens. And knowing that the people that I get to meet every day, it's such a beautiful concept to me to get to be in this person's life, even if it's only for 60 minutes or three hours or whatever, while we're working together, because I'm never going to meet another person like this. And that is what comes through in your work. And I think that it's a point that I don't know anyone's ever made. But in my opinion, hearing you say that, if you don't really, really honestly, from a place of curiosity, no judgment, love other human beings, you it's going to be real hard to be successful in a service-based business. If you don't have that human aspect absolutely absolutely there's there's especially because it's 2022 right now and we are so beyond the bs we cannot be fooled the you know we've seen behind the eye the oz curtain you know we know it's there there's no tricking us now and so if you don't show up in a completely pure genuine form we we recognize the bs and we're out of there we're done And so I turn that 
I, that's easy for me to do. It, it just is because, you know, there have been points in my life where I tried to be other people for other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it didn't work. It just does not work. I, I get, I just want to take up all my clothes and be naked and run through some grass and waterfalls because it makes me so icky. It makes my skin right. crawl. Like I have got to be myself. And so I flip that around when people walk through my door of the studio. It's like, you're showing up for a reason. You are an entrepreneur too. You have to show up in a genuine way for your clients in order for them to believe you, trust you, like you, refer you, all of the above. And so we're going to strip both of us. I'm going to be naked. You're going to be naked. I was Sometimes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was the best. Like within two minutes of meeting you, you're like, there's the tiny little dressing room. And I looked around. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. If I have exactly. something you haven't seen, we'll donate it to science, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So nakedness, it's it is a requirement to work with me. You cannot show up pretending to be something other than you're not, or what a lot of people do as entrepreneurs, they want to be what other people, what they feel other people expect them to be. And right. that's BS too. Do not show up with this feeling like you have to prove yourself, you have to be something other than you are. Because there's there's a reason why someone is stepping through your door. They've already on some level said yes to you. So do not change that. Be you. Give them the great service that only you can provide and you're golden. Well, and it's the hardest. So many of my clients come out of corporate, right? So many of my clients previously were in corporate with a fair amount of success at one level or another. And it's so hard to break that shell. Because the reason people are successful in corporate is by showing up as what that company expects, what that Mm -hmm. company envisions, what that company tells you is how to be successful in your role. And here we are 40, 50 years old, and we don't even know from a professional level who we are because we for 25 years we got accolades being the definition of somebody else. Yeah. For nine to five, we got a salary for being something that someone else wanted us to be. It's right. super hard to and break hard. out of that it's shell. Hard. Yeah. But you know, my, the, the thing that I always say, and I know it to be true because that's what I had to do. I was forced to do it because of the emotion and the energy that was so unsettling for me. You got to sit with yourself. You know, get a glass of wine, get, you know, turn off your devices, get raw pen, paper, pencil and write down. And and this is probably going to be my book, you know, just this the process that I went to to find, you know, this journey, this this part of my life. And I'm going to be doing this forever. I will die with a camera in my hands. I already know. So write it down. And, you know, 40 years, 50 years. Oh, yeah. She said that would happen. That's true. That's what I will. I will share with you, um, my boyfriend who's in financial services made me take a retirement compatibility quiz where okay. he already he already took his and then he wanted me to take mine and it would match us up. And the okay. first thing at right, the first question is, um, at what age do you want to retire? And I immediately went, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, why would I want to retire? <laughs> And so he says to me, listen, we all know you're going to die on a Zoom call one day. Just 
you're not going to have to pry your computer out of your cold, dead hands. Can you uh -huh. just pretend for the sake of this exercise? That you may have an expiration date. Sure. <laughs> want to stop at some point. All right. On that <laughs> note, because how do you follow up? <laughs> We're both dead. I'm on Zoom. You've got a camera. Great. <laughs> Our life is fulfilled. We there will we die go. happy. <laughs> Here we go. How... It was the best way people can get a hold of you. I seriously cannot thank you enough, tell you enough. You know, I put you in front of my clients as well with amazing results and for very good reason. How do people get a hold of you? You're very sweet for asking. So, Spider Mika Portraits is my name, and I like to keep it even simpler when it comes to finding me online. Spider Mika, I am everywhere all the time. Just look for Spider Mika. That's my website. That's my Insta, LinkedIn, all the places. And they can always reach out to me. I know. I always know where you are. Or they can look for you. Oh. Yeah. And you'll be like, so uh, that crazy chick who, you know, put me in front of the camera. Pictures. <laughs> How do I get a hold of her? Yeah. Next time it's going to be like a mud bath in the studio or something for us. I, can, I don't know. Confetti. Oh, confetti would be fun. I've already hung out of the third story window. What could possibly go be next? Thank you for sharing your story, um, your insights, your honesty. And this was awesome. Thank you for having me. It was a sincere pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice, leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.